Welcome, my fellow humans, to another episode of the Healthy Happy Human Podcast, the show where I teach you how to live healthy, be happy, and lead an all-around full and fulfilled life. With new episodes each and every week, I bring you industry-leading experts, thought leaders, and all-around brilliant minds on topics ranging from mindset to nutrition to habit building to fitness and more. My goal is to help you get from where you are to where you want to be in life. I'm happy to have you here. Now let's dive in. All right, what is up? Welcome back, my fellow humans, to another episode of the Healthy Happy Human podcast. As you can tell, I'm a little fired up today. I'm excited. I'm feeling good. For those of you who are keeping score and paying attention, if you listened to my episode two weeks ago, I was just about to leave on vacation. Today, as of recording, I am back from my little over a week trip to visit my family in South Florida. I had an amazing time. I feel well rested. I feel invigorated. It was my first vacation since the COVID outbreak and since all traveling has gotten shut down. So it was my first time leaving New York State. It was my first time seeing my dad and my grandma. It was my first time being in the sun in Florida and just a lot of stuff in a long time. And I took the time off from work. I took the time off from podcasting. I rested and I just had an all around amazing time. And today I am recording this. It is Saturday. I got back to New York on Wednesday night. So I am still riding high off of those waves and those vibes. If you haven't listened to the podcast I did about going on vacation yet, go check that out. That was two weeks ago. It was all about not falling into the prison break mentality when leaving for vacation or leaving for time away from our normal routines. So definitely, definitely check that out. I got a lot, a lot, a lot of good feedback about that podcast. It helped a lot of people. So if you haven't listened to that and you have a vacation coming up or you're like me and you're ready to break free from the quarantine life that we've all been living the last year and you're getting ready to travel, you're getting ready to do stuff, whatever stuff, then definitely check that out. Uh, but I'm back now and I am ready to talk about something that happened to me over vacation. So some of you may follow me on social media. You may follow me on Instagram or be friends on my Facebook. And you may have seen I documented a little snafu fiasco that I went through on my bicycle. For those of you who don't follow me on social media or don't know what I'm talking about, first, shame, shame on you, shame, shame, shame. Go to the show notes right now, click my Instagram profile and follow me because you're missing out on so much amazing stuff and all of my life activities. But if you don't, or if you just missed it, you're not paying attention to my social media every waking moment, which is another silly mistake, but whatever, I'll forgive you. Uh, when I was in Florida, I was staying at my dad's place in Fort Lauderdale or technically some little offshoot town outside of Fort Lauderdale, whatever. He lives close to, I'm doing air quotes here, close to Hollywood Beach. Hollywood Beach is 15 miles from my dad's place. So I had the bright idea of taking his bike, bicycle, not motorcycle, and riding to the beach instead of driving there. I decided, well, I'm going to go have a nice beach day and I will 
take a nice ride over there. I'll go to the beach. I'll sit on the beach, and then I'll ride home. 15 miles isn't that long, right? It's not that far. Turns out 15 miles is far, especially in the 90-degree Florida sun, especially when I haven't gone for a bike ride of that length uh, in the last eight months at least, probably ever. I think the longest bike ride I have ever gone on is about 30 miles, and I've only done that once or twice in my life. So I got myself into a little bit of a pickle with that, and on that adventure, I documented it on my Instagram stories, but through that time, I actually learned some lessons, and that's what inspired this podcast, and that's what I'm going to break down for you guys, the five lessons that I learned during my 35-mile bicycle fiasco through South Florida, Hollywood Beach. All right, so let's dive right in. Allow me to paint the picture for you. It's Friday afternoon around 2 p.m. I have a Zoom call at 7 p.m. So I decide, usually it takes me about one hour to bike 10 miles. So about 10 miles an hour is my normal pace when biking around New York City. So I figure if I have to go 15 miles to the beach, I can go in about an hour and a half there, 15 miles, chill on the beach for about an hour, brought a little book with me. I wasn't trying to do much. I just wanted to sit and read in the sun for a little bit figuring I'd be getting some sun on the way there and the way back, and then bike home another 15 miles, hour and a half. That's three hours of biking, an hour of sitting on the beach, 2 to 6 p.m., get home, shower, eat, hop on my Zoom call at 7. Seemed perfectly logical to me, and I decided to set out on my journey. Now, if you know anything about me, you know that I love to be outside, I love to be in the sun, and I hate clothing. So when I'm going to the beach, why would I wear anything but a skimpy little Speedo bikini trunks? (laughs) I decided not to wear a shirt. I didn't bring a book bag. I put a towel and a plastic bag and a bottle of water, and that was my supplies, and I set off on my journey. I did wear a helmet, and also, side note, my dad, for some reason, only had a motorcycle helmet. He did not have a bicycle helmet, even though my dad does not drive a motorcycle, never has driven a motorcycle, but he only had a bicycle and a motorcycle helmet, and being that safety is first, I did wear the helmet. So if you can envision me in flip-flops, thigh-high, tight bathing suit, and a motorcycle helmet, no shirt no anything else, and just a plastic bag with a towel in it as I set off on this adventure on my bicycle. Now, another thing that you may or may not know about Florida is that unlike New York City, where I'm from and where I'm used to bike riding, there's not a lot of streets. It's not a lot of side streets. It's not a lot of pedestrian or bike-friendly areas. So as I set off, I quickly realized that I was riding pretty much on the side of the highway the entire time. And it was a straight shot, more or less, from where I started to where I needed to be. But it was uncomfortable in that 
there were cars zooming by me and I was trying to not die. That was pretty high on my priority list. So as I said, I set off thinking it was going to be 30 miles and it would take me an hour and a half each way. Three hours all wrapped up in a nice little bow of riding with an hour of chilling on the beach in between. Instead, it took me over two hours just to get there and ended up being about 35 miles total and taking me nearly four hours there and back. 35 miles might not seem like that much more than 30, but every mile counts when you are dying in the hot Florida sun and it was not enjoyable to tack on those extra five miles. So that brings me to lesson one, the first lesson I learned on this adventure. And this is not a new lesson. It's something that I have known and something that I've spoken about on this podcast before. But the lesson is that nothing ever goes as planned. Everything takes longer than expected, right? Every project that you set off to do, whether it's a work project, weight loss project, a gym thing, a relationship thing, everything is the same. And no matter what, we know that when we plan for something to, to be a certain amount of time, somehow, some way, it is always going to be longer than we planned. And yet, we still always make the mistake of not planning in that extra time. We don't plan in the buffer. There is an actual phenomenon known as Hofstadter's Law, Hofstadter being a German economist, describes Hofstadter's Law as, quote, it always takes longer than you expect, even when you take into account Hofstadter's Law, meaning whatever we're planning, again, always takes longer than we expect it, even though we understand that it always takes longer than we expect it, Right? We think that we're taking this into account, and yet somehow we still have this natural human tendency, this logical fallacy of thinking, but this time it'll be different. But this time it'll be okay. But this time I'll get it done on time, right? I know that anytime I travel anywhere, be it by bike, car, plane, train, carrier pigeon, mystical dragon, whatever the hell I'm doing, somehow it always takes longer than expected. If I'm in a car, there's going to be traffic. If I'm walking, it's longer than I thought it was. If I'm flying, there's going to be a delay. And yet, when I'm planning this bike ride or any other trip, I have this thought of, but this time it'll be okay. You know, I, I, know, I know usually something stupid happens, but I don't think that's going to happen this time. We do these mental gymnastics of tricking ourselves into thinking that it's usually like that, but not this time, right? If I'm talking about a work project, and I know that in the past, I've given myself a two-week deadline. And every time I come up to that two-week deadline, it pushes me super hard, or I go over the deadline, or I just completely blow it. And yet, Two months, three months later, I have another similar project. 
I could easily think, hmm, last time this took me three weeks when I thought it was only going to take two. Maybe I should plan for three weeks or even four to give myself a little buffer. But instead, quite often with myself, I know, maybe you're the same, I'll think, yeah, but this time I'll just get it done in two. Like, I will literally see the mistake I already made. I will come right up to it. I'll bump right into it. And I will make the same mistake again. And I learned this on my bike ride because, as I said, I did not give myself enough time. I thought that... I would be able to ride much longer than I did, much easier. And I didn't even dress appropriately. As I said, I was literally wearing just tiny little swim shorts, no shirt or anything. I put some sunscreen on when I left and quickly learned that four plus hours baking in the hot Florida sun needs a little more sun protection than that. As is evidenced by my back right now, which is over a week later still burnt, peeling, and painful from the horrible sunburn that I got from, again, being stuck out in the sun for well over four hours due to my lack of proper planning. So lesson number one, listen to Hofstetter's Law, nothing ever goes as planned. Everything takes longer than you expected. Pack sunscreen and leave early. Lesson number two is directly related to lesson number one in terms of better planning because about five miles in to my 35-mile journey, five miles is about 30 minutes or so into my four-hour adventure, my headphones died. And as anyone may know the pain that I felt in that moment, you may have cringed just as I said it here, it was not a good feeling. And I was at the very beginning end of my trip. So the lesson here, again, better planning. I should have charged my headphones beforehand. I should have checked them beforehand. I should have maybe even brought extra headphones because going back to lesson one, everything ends up being worse than I expected. So even in charging it, because I, I did charge it, but obviously not enough, but I could have thought, well, hmm, this is going to be a pretty long day. What if I brought extra headphones? But alas, I did not. I did not plan well for this adventure. I did not plan well for this journey. I did not plan well for anything that was happening. So I was between a rock and a hard place, as they say, as I had just begun my journey. And I did not want to turn back, but I also did not want to keep going because I was going to be musicless, podcastless, headphoneless, and it was a long, long trip ahead of me, but I decided to soldier on. And that's where lesson two kind of came in. And that's where the entire impetus and inspiration for this podcast came. And that was being alone with my thoughts 
for the next four hours because I had no headphones. And this is not the same as being at the gym and having your headphones die because when that happens, you can still play with your phone in between sets. You can be on Instagram. You can be texting. Same thing if you're on the train, if you're on the plane, if you're walking. Any other time where you would want to be listening to your headphones, but they die is an inconvenience to be sure. But it's not the end of the world because your phone still does things. On a bike, however, there is no other option. I can't whip out my phone and be watching TikToks or scrolling Instagram while I'm riding. So it was literally just me alone with my thoughts for the next three and a half hours. And I don't know about you, but my thoughts kind of suck sometimes. However, the lesson that I learned was that this was a very powerful experience for me. Again, it inspired this entire podcast because I just had to think. I had nothing else to do but think to myself, talk to myself, be with myself, which is an experience, I'm sad to say, doesn't happen all too often. I do daily meditative practice or just sitting in silence. I try to, when I wake up as part of my morning routine, sit for three, five, maybe 10 minutes and meditating or deep breathing or deep thought or just something like that where I'm not being on my phone. But that's only three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes tops. 10 minutes is a hard one. Like I don't do 10 minutes quite often. Uh, If you want to check out my actual whole morning routine, you can scroll back a few episodes into this podcast and I did an entire episode about my morning routine and it has a free checklist for what to do, what my 10-step morning routine is that I do for myself and I do with all of my clients every single day. So if you want to check that out and learn more about it, go to that episode, check out the free download. But my point is that at most, at absolute most, I am alone with my thoughts, which is a scary, scary thing for five to 10 minutes per day. Most people don't even get that much because most people are not meditating. Most people are not sitting in silence at all, right? As the the soon as we wake up, we are inundated with pings and dings and rings and things, yeah? Your phone, Instagram, red bubbles, text messages, voice notes, it's just like we never actually have to be alone, right? If I'm on the train, if I'm sitting in my car, my, my, my friend is driving, I'm sitting in the passenger seat, they're talking, the radio's on, and I'm on my phone at the same time. The music is on, I'm scrolling my phone, and I'm texting someone. It's like, not only are we not along, alone with our thoughts, we have so much going on in our brain that like we don't ever have to sit and think. We just go. We just listen. We just have music poured into our ears or a podcast poured into our ears, which is you know, great if it's this podcast, but otherwise, you know, maybe, no, I'm just joking. Podcasts are awesome, I think, but still there is something to be said for just not having anything for a while, for just not being on your phone and not being inundated with inputs all the time. And this was a forced way for me to do that for three hours, which again, maybe I would do it for five minutes one day, but three hours is a long time. And I thought about a lot of stuff And I learned about myself and I learned lessons that I'm, you know, speaking about here today. And it was just a very interesting experience. So I do recommend it if you're going for a walk, maybe going for a bike ride, leaving your phone at home sometimes. 
and just being alone and thinking and seeing what happens, seeing what comes up, seeing what you learn about yourself or maybe don't learn. It's not always going to be the most groundbreaking stuff, but I think there is something to be said to just allowing yourself to not be attached to a phone, to be attached to an input, to be attached to something at all given times. Because I know myself and there's plenty of memes about this and I'm sure you have experienced this yourself of heading to the gym and your headphones die and like you're like instantly like, oh shit, like I don't even want to be here anymore. That's a big thing that we need to realize. Like why can't I just not be attached to something for an hour? Because that leads me directly into lesson three, which was the moment my phone died, I mean on my phone, my headphones died, I started to get self-talk. The moment I was alone with my thoughts, the moment I didn't have that podcast or the music playing in my ear and I was just like riding my bike again on the side of a highway, looking at the distance I still had to go. I still had well over 10 miles to go. I was tired. The sun was hot. Instantly, self-talk started chiming in. This is pretty dumb. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? I could just turn around now. It's only been five miles. If I turn around at five miles and ride home, that's still a 10-mile ride. That's pretty good, right? I don't actually need to go to the beach, right? My, I was just kind of picking the beach as a destination to ride to. Why do I really need to go there? You know, 10-mile ride is still pretty good. I'm on vacation. I don't need to do more than this. Like instantly, instantly, instantly. This just started going off in my head. Ping, 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 ping. Turn around. This is dumb. You're on the side of the highway. It's a Friday. You're on vacation. 10 miles, 15 miles, 30 miles, what's the difference? No one knows, no one cares, it doesn't matter. Like every single thing was just telling me to stop. And I wanted to quit. I wanted to turn around. But I didn't need to. I would stop, I would think about it for a second, and I would keep going. I'll go, okay, maybe I'll turn around after 10 miles. That'll be 20 miles and that'll be good. And I got to 10 miles. Okay, maybe I'll turn around after 12 and a half miles because that's a 25-mile trip there and back. That's pretty good. And I just kind of kept going. I kept kind of tricking myself. I kept talking myself through it. But every single time, every time I stopped at a red light, every time I was tired, every time I stopped to drink water and my water was hot because I was out in the sun and I was just thinking to myself, wow, there's no reason to be doing this. I just should turn around. I should go home. I should stop. But I kept pushing. I kept going. And the lesson that I learned here is that you will, I will, we all will try to talk ourselves out of the things that we want to do at the first sign of turbulence. I looked for every excuse in the book and I found them. There were all of those reasons were very valid. Some of those excuses that you make are real excuses. There's no reason to do this. 15 miles is just as good as 30 miles. I'm just going to the beach as a made-up destination. There's, I don't need to go. What if I get too tired? What if my legs burn out on the way there and I can't ride home? I literally have never rode my bike this far. I'm stuck in Florida in the middle of nowhere. I don't have water. What if I get dehydrated? What if I get sunburned? All of these things happened. And they were all real reasons. And they were all things playing in the back of my head that were trying to make me stop. That was me trying to talk myself out of it. And the only thing that kept me going 
was that I had a goal. There was no reason to do any of this. There was no reason for me to ride my bike to the beach. There was no reason that I couldn't turn back after 5, 10, or 15 miles. There was no reason that I had to do any of this except that I set a goal. I told myself. I didn't tell anyone else. I didn't start I didn't start out on this because I had to prove something to someone else. I had there was no one I was meeting at the beach. I set a goal for myself to ride to the beach. And I wanted to achieve it. That was it. Point blank period. There was nothing more than that. Did I need to achieve it? Of course not. Would anyone know if I didn't? Of course not. Did I get any prize if I did it? Of course not. But that was the one thing that kept me going. As much as I wanted to turn around at five miles, at eight miles, at 10 miles, 30 minutes in, 45 minutes in, an hour in, all I kept thinking was, I just need to get to the beach. That was the goal, and that's what I need to do. Even if I have to turn right around and come right back home, which is actually what I did. So when I ended up getting to the beach, I didn't even stay because I was so tired. I realized that if I stopped riding, my legs would die and I would not be able to make it home. So I literally got to the beach, went in the water to cool off, and then turned right back around and started my journey back home. Again, there was no reason for any of this. And had I listened to myself talk, listened to myself, that little voice in the back of my head that was saying, hey, this is dumb. Hey, turn around. Hey, you don't need to do this. I would have given up 30 minutes in, five miles in, an hour in, 10 miles in, whatever the thing was. Because the, that com- the moment I had the space to hear myself, the moment I didn't have someone else's voice playing in my head via a podcast or via music because my headphones died, that self-talk started immediately. And again, this is the lesson. Everything is everything. This is what is going to happen whenever you start anything challenging, anything daunting, anything that pushes you and stretches you. There are going to be legitimate and illegitimate reasons to stop, to quit, to give up, to turn back, to go back to safety. It's not safe. I'm literally putting my life in danger. Not, not I wasn't going to die, but I'm saying I'm riding my bike farther than I can. I could get dehydrated. I could, again, my legs could just give out on me. I could be too tired to ride home. In, in terms of what my brain is detecting, it's detecting real danger. Like, yo, dude, you don't know what's, what's going to happen. What if you get hungry and fall off your bike and you can't ride anymore or something? I, obviously, literally, I know these things are not going to happen, but these are the signals that my brain is sending me. It's like, dude, stop. This is dangerous. You should turn back. This is not good. And if it wasn't actual, literal danger in the form of, you know, physical danger from riding my bike too far in the hot sun, that's the same signals you get when you are going to ask a girl or a guy out and your brain is like, well, stop danger. They could say no and that would hurt your status. They could make fun of you and that would hurt your self-esteem. Or when you want to present to your boss a new project and it's going to put you out there in front of their eyes where you could, again, lose status, you could be made fun of, you could just fail. And we don't like to fail. So we're always going to have that self-talk. When failure is an option, we do not like failure. Our brain does not like failure. It is always going to want you to take the option, which failure does not hurt as much. So if you have the chance between doing the hard thing and riding 30 miles, but possibly hurting yourself Again, this is a theoretical hurt. Or turning around at five miles, at 10 miles and getting home safely, your brain is going to pick turning around. If you have the choice between speaking up to your boss and presenting 
a project that has a lot of opportunity for success but also could fail miserably, it's going to choose that you stay quiet because it doesn't want to put you in that situation. If you have the choice between going up to that girl or guy at the bar, the restaurant, and asking them out, but that's putting yourself out there and then also have the opportunity to just keep your mouth shut, you're going to choose to keep your mouth shut. That's what your brain is going to tell you to do. You have to be able to push yourself and go for the hard thing. Go for the dangerous thing. Go for the thing that makes you uncomfortable because for no other reason than you want to. There's a reason you had that thought. There is a reason I had that thought of let me ride my bike to the beach that day because I wanted to, right? I thought about it and I planned it because that was a goal that I wanted to achieve. Once the difficulty set in, then my brain started trying to talk me out of it. But that's not what I need to listen. I need to remember that I set that goal for a reason, right? That's what we have to be thinking of because, again, we're going to do mental gymnastics, mental backflips to try to talk ourselves out of it. And that's always going to happen no matter if it's a bike a date, or a promotion that you're going for. This stuff is inevitable. And this led me to lesson number four, right? Because a big part of the self-talk that I was having, big part of the question that I continually asked myself over this four-hour debacle was, why the hell am I doing this? Why did I decide to ride my bike 15 miles to the beach and then 15 miles back. Why didn't I drive? Why didn't I take an Uber? Why didn't I stop at any point on the way to the beach? Why did I not just, again, call an Uber once I got to the beach, an Uber XL, and throw my bike in the back of the trunk and have them take me home? Why was any of this necessary? You know, if I told any of my friends that I that I rode my bike to the beach, they would be like, Uh, That's pretty crazy. Why'd you do that? And this was lesson four. Again, a lesson that I've always known, but bears repeating because this was the thing that I kept thinking over and over and over on this entire trip was that the journey is the destination. The point of this was never to get to the beach. The point was to go to the beach. The point was to not be at the beach. The point was to ride my bike to the beach, then be at the beach, and then ride my bike home. That was as much a part of it as the destination of the beach was in and of itself. And this is why I love bike riding, and this is why I wanted to do this podcast, and this is what I've learned about myself, is that I love bike riding because it's a perfect analogy for life. All of this stuff becomes so much more potent and powerful and easier when we respect the journey as much or more than we look for the destination. Using weight loss as an example, again, I always do because it's such a simple analogy that we can all understand because everyone's tried to lose weight at some time in their life. If we are only thinking about that point of when I lose 20 pounds, when I lose 15 pounds, when I lose 30 pounds, 100 pounds, 5 pounds, whatever the thing is, and that's the destination I'm caring about, and it's a point on a map that I'm trying to get to, it's very stressful because you're just focused on that one thing. But when I understand that weight loss is not about that end number, it's about the changes that you have to make in your life to get to that number. It's about the person that you have to become to lose that weight. 
the changes in your diet, the changes in your routine, the changes in your movement and your exercise habits, and just the changes in who you are as a person, right? When I wanted to become healthier, I had to stop drinking and smoking so much weed because I would go out drinking and then be super hungover and then I wouldn't want anything but McDonald's the next day. Or I would get super stoned and I would eat a five-pound bag of gummy bears from Costco, like literally a legitimate five-pound bag of gummy bears because I would be so high and have the munchies. So I had to change my value system. I had to change who I was as a person in order to start living a healthier lifestyle, in order to become someone who could exercise more, who could eat right, who could do all the things so that I could look like the person that I wanted to look like. It was not about the end goal of, okay, now I have abs. Like that was great. But the benefit that I received from all that is who I was as a person. It was the fact that I now ate differently and I now exercised X times a week and I now did X, Y, and Z thing. In the same way, when we understand this and appreciate this, it becomes so much easier to continue on that journey, right? If I was only thinking about that destination of the beach, right? I just need to get to the beach. I just need to be at the beach. This whole point of this was to get to the beach. Then no, it would not make any sense to be riding my bike there. I'd be right. That would be stupid. Driving or Ubering would have been a much more time-efficient and energy-efficient way to get to my destination. But when I understand that the destination was just a part of the overall journey and that getting there and getting back from there and the adventure of it was just as much a part of it as being at the beach was, then it made it worth it because driving there or Ubering there or flying there or however else I could have got there would not have given me that journey. It would not have given me the destination. In the same way, people want weight loss and they wish that they could just have it. Just give me weight loss. Just take off these 15 pounds. Just take off these 100 pounds. But what they don't understand is that if you do not make the changes to become that person to lose that weight, you are defeating the entire purpose. And this can be evidenced by people who have certain types of weight loss surgery, but because they have not changed their underlying habits... They do not actually either maintain it and they gain back the weight or at best they maintain that weight, but they are still unhealthy because they don't change who they were as a person. They did not have the journey to the destination. They cheated the system and teleported there and that's fine because you got to the destination, but you lost out on what the real point was. The entire point is the journey is the destination. And this leads me now into lesson five, my five lessons I learned on my 35-mile, four-hour bike adventure journey fiasco that if you noticed when I mentioned in the beginning, I said that I thought it was going to take me an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back, 15 miles there, 15 miles back. In reality... It was about 35 miles, and it took me just under four hours. It took me two hours there. So two hours there were almost 20 miles. On the way back, though, 
it took me less than an hour and a half and it took me the 15 miles exactly. Why was there this discrepancy? And it's because I realized on the way back of a lot of the things that I spoke about already in this podcast. On the way there, I was hesitant. I kept stopping. I would stop at red lights and think, should I turn back? Is this stupid? I was pumping the brakes a lot, right? I was looking at my phone. I didn't know where to go. I was trying to talk myself out of it. I wasn't, I wasn't confident. I was not all in on my goal of getting to the destination. So every time I would stop at a red light, I'd look at my phone. I'd check the distance. I'd go, hmm, okay, uh, six, six, six miles done, this many miles more. Hmm, I could turn back. All right, no, screw it. I'll, I'll do a mile or two more. I do a mile or two more. Stop Again, stop at a red light. Stop Stop to drink some water. Look at my phone. All right, no, I'm, I'm 10 miles in. Okay, like I could do five more miles. I was, I was talking my way through it, but I had that negative self-talk, and I was contemplating turning back. I also was saying things like, well, what if I get lost? What if this map isn't right? I got off the part of the ride where it was on the highway and I got to some side streets and I was kind of zigzagging a bit and I was buying myself time. Okay, I could just turn around here. Okay, this is this is a good place to stop. And on the way back, I didn't do any of that. All right. On the way back, I had a very clear thought, which was if I don't get home as fast as fucking possible right now, I am going to die. My legs are going to give out on the side of this highway. I am dehydrated. I am sunburned. I need to get the fuck home. Sorry for my language for anyone with sensitive ears, but that was a legitimate exact thought. All the self-talk of I need to turn around, of I need to stop, of whatever else went right out the window because I couldn't. There was no turning more turning around. There was no more I could get out of this. There was nothing. I had passed the point of no return. I made it to the beach. And there was only one option now, and that was 15 miles straight home. And you know what? I did it much faster and in a much straighter line than I did on the way there. There was no hesitation. There was no zigzagging. There was no stopping. I was jamming on this bike, right? I did it in like an hour and 20 minutes, 15 miles, which is faster than I've ever ridden. And after a 20-mile ride that I had already done. Because there was no other option. There was no safety. There was nothing else. So what was the lesson here? It is you have to burn the bridges. You have to rip the band-aid off and go all in sometimes. When I had that option in the back of my head of turning back, of hmm, maybe I could just quit, of hmm, Maybe this isn't the biggest deal of, hmm, do I even really need to be doing this? It caused me to hesitate. It caused me to stagnate. And it caused me to make the journey longer than it actually could have been. Meaning, I could have done it in three hours, 30 miles there and back, straight, boom. If I had the dedication and the confidence that I could do it. But because I had in the back of my head that there was an option of quitting, because I had in the back of my head that there was an option of turning back, because I had in the back of my head that I didn't really need to do this, I hesitated, I stagnated, and I made it harder on myself in the long run than it actually needed to be. On the way back, when all of those things were stripped from me, 
when I had literally no option but to get home and I literally thought I was in mortal danger at some at one point. By the time I hit 30 miles and I had about five miles left, I was getting dehydrated and my head was hurting and I was like, oh, this needs to be over. I need to be home right now. I need to lay down and go to sleep after drinking a gallon of water. And I made it because there was no other option. Again, this does not have to be just a bike lesson. This is a life lesson. Burn the bridges, burn the boats, whatever you want to call it. If you have backup plans, if you have other options, it will always give yourself that wiggle room, that escape route, that little bit of, uh, you know, I could do it, but I could not. If you want something bad enough, you need it to be your only option. This is why, going back to the very first episode of this podcast, start with why. Scroll back if you haven't listened to that episode. Still my most popular episode. Start with why. You need a why behind every what, behind every goal. And on the way there, my why was all right. It was, I really want to do this. I set a goal and I want to achieve it. I want to prove to myself that I can do it. That was a strong why. And again, when I stopped and I hesitated, it got me through it. I pushed myself because I had that why. Like, no, I really set this goal. I really want to do it. I really want to get through this. And I did it. I got there. On the way back, my why became, I don't want to fucking die. And you better believe that that's a much stronger why than just wanting to achieve something. And that is why the way there was faster, easier, and more straightforward than the way back. That's what I learned. And that's what I was thinking about the entire time for those last five or 10 miles as I, again, had no headphones, as I was tired as hell, and my legs literally started to seize up because I was dehydrated. I just thought about, well, there's a lesson to be learned here. And I can't wait to come back to this podcast and talk to everyone about it. So I hope that you've learned a little something from this. I hope that this adventure... I thought it was very enlightening for me, and I was really inspired to come and talk to you guys about it. Um, Once again, going back over these five lessons, lesson one, nothing ever goes as planned. Everything takes longer than you expected, so pack sunscreen and leave early. Lesson two, after my headphones died, is that sometimes being alone with your thoughts is a good thing, and we probably need to be doing more of it from time to time. And if you want to know about my morning routine that has five minutes of scheduled silence in it, scroll back a few episodes to that episode and find the link in there. And it's a free download list for you. Lesson three, you will try to talk yourself out of things at the first sign of turbulence. You will look for excuses. Some of them will even be valid excuses. And you will try to tell yourself to quit. Don't listen to that voice. Lesson four, the journey is the destination. It's not about where you're getting. Getting there is as much a part of the entire process as anything else. So do not try to skip out on the journey because you're actually doing yourself a disservice if you do that. And then lesson five, rip off the band-aid, burn the boats, burn the bridges. If you want to achieve something hard and something great, sometimes you need to not have a fail-safe plan. You need to not have any other option. You need to have this be as imperative as me getting home at the end of this ride so that I would not die in the hot Florida sun. And if it's important to you, 
set up your goals in a way that forces you to have no other option. With that being said, I would love to leave you guys with an action step for today. And the action step that I'm kind of inspired about is thinking about your life in a way, the actions that you're going through, the your day-to-day life, and see where can you find lessons like the ones I found today from a bike ride? Where can you see in your day-to-day life, in your activities, in your goals and the things that you're working towards or just the normal things that you're doing? Where can you find some life lessons and extrapolate things from them? So think about the last few days. Think about the last week. Think about the weekend coming and just think, where can I learn some lessons that actually apply to other areas of my life? Because remember, I've said it already several times on this podcast and I say it every single episode, everything is the same. The lessons I learned from bike riding are the lessons that I need for dieting. The lessons I le- learned from dieting are the lessons that I need for business. The lessons that I learned from business are the lessons I need from relationships. So look at your life and look, where can I find something in one area of my life and make it applicable to another area? All right. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that my adventure on my bike brought you something, brought you some value. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot here, upload it to Instagram, tag me, let me know that you're enjoying this. Please share this with a friend and please leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That is the best way to help me grow, to help more people discover this podcast. If it's something that you are getting value from, share it, subscribe it, rate it, and have a healthy and happy day.